the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Morning, everybody. And bad weather in Denver. Snow really came down hard. Keeps coming on a Saturday morning, the third morning of February 2024. I'm Peter Boyles. Good to have you here. 38 will be the high. I don't know if they get there. 42 tomorrow, and on Monday it is 48 degrees. Uh, there have been, there's been a lot of people talking about this video that appeared of this guy on a sport bike. And we'll talk about differences with John in a second. Coming up out of Colorado Springs, going, taking him 20 minutes to get to Denver. And talk about, is John, which line's John on? John's, John's on four. Um, very few people have the expertise and the ability of this guy. Owns Erica Motorsports, have known him forever. Please say good morning. Welcome to the radio show, John Belldock. Hey, John, thanks. Thanks for doing this, and good morning, and welcome in. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So, it's a perfect day for motorcycles today. Yeah, I was going to say, we, <laughs> we're going out and ride when this is over. Um, do, a, do a quick bio so people know who you are and your racing background, and we'll talk about the video. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so I... Where do I start? Um, so anyhow, Erico Motorsports. My middle name is Eric. Um, I, I started Erico Motorsports um, now as of last year, 30 years ago. Um, we're a Ducati Triumph Moto Guzzi dealer, and we're also the Vespa dealer here in Denver. Um, got into road racing back in the late 80s and spent um, a ton of my time and a ton of my money racing uh, road racing motorcycles. Most recently, um, I won a national championship in 2022 um, on a Triumph Moto2 765 racer. And now I um, just play with old motorcycles. I've got a big vintage bike collection, mostly um, old European stuff from the 50s and 60s. Um, and that kind of decorates the dealership downtown. It is amazing. This dealership of John's is incredible, though new bikes and old bikes and his collections of bikes. But we have him on now because, well, a couple of different things we want to talk about. This, this, did you, I, I think, well, I already know that you've seen the video, but what, what, <laughs> yeah. but what you, you told me, and I, I think it was you that told me, there's tons of these videos that these principally young men, they put a GoPro on their helmet and then they go what this guy did and then they post it and they get comments what is there anything you can imagine that's behind that? Well, I mean, obviously, it's like the, it's just the bold ego of social media. Everybody wants to be a superstar. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, you, you, obviously, this guy found himself a little niche and he's got people paying attention to him. Um, you, when you texted me the other day and said, hey, check this video out, um, I looked at it and then looked at some of his other stuff and I just can't even believe that um, that this guy is allowed to be part of the motorcycling community. It's just absolutely ridiculous. The cops said to me, it was funny when 
somebody made the announcement he didn't have a plate on the bike, and I said, well, of course not. That would be the of first thing. <laughs> Why would you? Yeah. You know, you're going to... Yeah, well... Yeah. How, I mean, I, obviously, obviously he knew that he wasn't supposed to be doing what he was doing, and he, and he didn't want to get caught. I mean, you know, it was kind of a stupid move to... What kind of a what? Because I don't know. What kind, John? What kind of a bike was that? Um, you know, I I, th- I think he was riding a, a Suzuki like one thousand GSXR, you know, a few years old or something. Um, no doubt, it's been on the ground a million times because the guy's a horrible rider. Whew. When and I ask you and I ask you this that and I'd always heard this as uh, like some biker mythology that the guys who build the ultra fast bikes they put a restriction that was a, called a gentleman's agreement and they restricted the bikes to 186 miles an hour street bikes what's the truth yeah. what's the truth to that you know i don't think I, I don't i don't know what a gentleman's agreement is as far as you know fast super bikes are concerned i think that there had been some talk, and I don't know if it if it's, was done or not, but the manufacturers were discussing, and I think maybe it was even the, the um, some of the Euro standards were saying that they had to govern bikes to under 200 miles an hour. But, you know, either way, um, you got no business riding a street bike at those kinds of speeds. Um, the fact that they can go that fast is really cool. Yeah. Um, and that's why we love this stuff. Yeah. But but where you do it is makes a makes is a big deal. You one of the things that you do that is my bucket list. Maybe this year you go to the Isle of Man. How, how many times have you been to the Isle of Man? Which my, my you know I've actually only been over there three times. Talk um, about it. But yeah, it's the coolest thing on there for sure. When sixty minutes did a piece. An Isle of Man, you know, mm-hmm. somebody's thinking something. How fast are they? How fast are they? I asked you this the other day. How fast are they going? Oh, those guys are those guys are getting up to probably two hundred miles an hour. Um, they're getting close to it. Uh, if they if they tap it, then great. Um, but they're you know, and and I mean that's just a whole another level of insanity. But that is a closed course technically, um, and and they have. Um, you know, safety crews all over the place. And that's a place built for that. And they also shut it down to regular traffic. Yeah. You know, this, this clown on I-25 was driving oh. amongst, you know, mortal civilian yeah. car drivers. Yeah, no, indeed. And he was just, he was yeah. just picking his way through left pass, right pass. Um, he was oof. picking his way through luck. Yes, Absolute luck is all he was getting by with. If and if you look at like Ducati and Honda and Kawasaki and Suzuki and Yamaha and now BMW, they're all building these really ultra fast street bikes, are they not? John Beldock's with us. Oh, for sure. And for sure. Yeah. When 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 you saw when I know you're selling Ducatis and John's also let me ride a Ducati once, which is a real experience, but. What are they? What's a guy looking for? What's a young guy looking for when he comes on the floor? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a whole other thing. It's like this, the 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 top speed is is definitely like 
tertiary to what the motorcycle is. I mean, it's not even really top speed wise is it shouldn't really even be part of the conversation other than that is kind of a cool factor. Um, you know, but motorcycle, I mean, you ride motorcycles, you've been at it for yeah. a long time. Yeah. You know that there's a certain, um, there's a certain emotion and feeling oh. connected with riding a motorcycle that you can't, you can't even put a word to it. No. I mean, there's no, there's no words to describe. And I, you know, the way I talk about it when I'm racing my motorcycle, I put, you know, I put like complete sound deadening earplugs in, put my helmet on. The, the world is gone. Yeah. I'm operating every minute split second is a, is a heavy decision to make. And you can't possibly think of anything else. And that's how it is when you're on the, street as well if you're doing it right and you're paying attention to absolutely everything to keep you and everybody around you alive you can't possibly think of anything else and so it just cleans your brain out it's a total reboot it's really true um, and you come out of it just super you know i always tell people i I race motorcycles because it calms me down um and it which seems a little counterintuitive but it really does to be in that zone is yeah. And I was going to say, John Baldock's here, wasn't it? Um, oh, years ago, and my, I would go to Sturgis, and I would get hired to work, and TV guys and stuff. I don't do that anymore. I do the radio show up there. But I, I, I think I told you the story. I got invited uh, to a party, and the place burned down the, the what's it, the full, the wide open throttle, full throttle, whatever it was that it burned. And it was, the NASCAR drivers were there, and it was... You know, three o'clock in the morning, and the Hawaii Tropics girls were there, and you can only imagine where this is headed. But, and I, and I talked, I mean, he was great to talk to, Dale Earnhardt, uh, not the old man, but Junior. And, and we were, and there's been this great series on Netflix about guys racing NASCAR. And he said to me, and it's always stuck with me, he said, what they don't understand is that we would do it for free. They just pay us a, <laughs> they just pay us a lot of money. And I know some UFC fighters and I know some, you know, downhill skiers and bull riders and motorcycle racers and I swear that those guys, men and women would do it for free, but they just pay, get paid a lot of money. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean with, without a doubt. I mean you know, you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but but what would you do if you didn't if you didn't have you know radio as a, as a place to to you know be a mouthpiece? I mean, yeah. you know, you do that for free. You sure. love what you do. Yeah. I love what I do. Yeah. We all love what we do. And and so the whole magic of being a you know being lucky enough to be a well, human being on this planet is that we get to do yeah. what we want to do. And if we're doing what we love to do, we do it for free. You know, and that's when those people do lose their lives, and everybody, and the, and the other racers just—they get it. They get it. Yeah, they do. And then, it, and oh no, I've I've been through that, unfortunately, and and it is. I mean, that's you know, that's part of the. I mean, that's part of what we risk. Um, but that's also you know, and that's not necessarily the allure to it. That's just one of the ugly consequences. Uh-huh. And so that's kind of what keeps us safe. Yeah, and I, I think they and they get it. Um, if oh, you, totally, and totally. There's a. Days of Thunder was a good one. 
<laughs> yes, and but I, remember, I mean, they, yeah. they totally got it. Yeah, and I, I think great prize fighters and UFC fighters would fight for free, although they get tons of money to fight, and because they're 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 have, they have the fighter's heart. I I, um, yeah. I watch those those TT that and they won't they won't even get away from amateur standings. Those wheels are off the right. ground. I mean, they're and they're standing on it, and I'm thinking, wow. What it must be like to be on that, and oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. What? <laughs> that's final question. Have you have you ever ridden the course there at, in in the Isle of Man? I have ridden the course, but on a street bike. Yeah. And so I have. I mean, I've I've circulated that course actually a, a, quite a few times, um, but on a street bike. Yeah. And I've got you know the. the I think I, I think I might have went 100 miles an hour across the top of the mountain, mm-hmm. um, uh, but but yeah, I, I've never been. Actually, w- one of my regrets is that in the early 90s they actually offered me show money to mm. go and race there mm. because they they need internationals, um, and and I started to put together. Uh, and, you know, program to go over there and then wound up aborting it and, and didn't do it. Can imagine. And then when you read the bios of these guys, they're like these little bitty Irishmen and Welshmen and um yeah. and they come year after year after the privateers. They come year after year after year and they do what they can yeah. do. And they're crazy. And they can't not do it. No, no, precisely. They can't not do it. They can't not. That's so well I'll I'll steal that. They can't not do it. <laughs> You know, they, they, and they, and I remember Dale Earnhardt, man, saying to me, what they don't get is we do it for free. And, yeah, but it's real cool to get paid though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> and the, the Netflix series is great. And also the Netflix series on, uh, Grand Prix, Grand Prix cars is great too. So. Yeah, for sure. And that's got to be a for whole sure. other universe as well. I was, they've on, um, Netflix has a one on the. Grand Prix drivers of the late 40s, 50s, and early 60s. And mm-hmm. they, they make this case. They said there was like, I don't know how many starters every year. 65 of us start every, every, every year. Seven or eight of us die every year. 65 yeah. of us start again the next year. That, For sure. And they were just had, you know, shirts on and slap helmets and no seat belts. And they came back the next year. And I thought to myself, oh, man. Um, well, so, you know, I, I think, you know, you and I have joked about it. It's like, when was the first motorcycle race? First time. When I, the second yeah, motorcycle right. was built. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know right. it. And I so, know. I mean, that's yeah. just human nature. Yeah. I I always thought bull riding, which is another one of those things you kind of put a foot on. But the first time some guy said the other guy, I bet I could ride that. <laughs> that's where those it starts. Those guys are tough. Oh. I mean, that's, like my motorcycle, my motorcycle is insanely powerful. But it doesn't have its own brain. No. It only does what I tell it to do. Yes. <laughs> a but, bull yeah. kind of wants to kill you. Oh, many of them do, and many of them have. But they go, yeah. and it, you had to be two guys leaning against a fence, and somebody said, I bet I can ride that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how bull... I'm, so, I'm so, glad I didn't grow up on that fence. No, that's how, <laughs> no, that's how bull riding... I swear that's how bull riding began. Oh, I, I'm sure. Yeah, but I can ride that. And the other <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. I love that piece of human nature, though. Yeah. 
Thanks for doing the show, and I'll see you Absolutely. as soon as the weather gets good. We'll come down. Thanks, John. Thanks Absolutely. a lot. Absolutely. John yep. Daldock, yeah, everybody. Thanks. Good right. talking to you. You Dean. too, sir. Thank All you. Right. All right. Erica Motorsports. All right. So now we go back to open lines. Um, what I did want to talk to or talk about was uh, Biden making the Friday strikes into Iraq and Syria on Monday morning. And he announces we've seen that. The other one was, and it was really kind of, but it speaks so much to talk radio. I had uh, Brother Jeff on and a woman I've never met before, Leanne Wheeler, uh, about happen, what's happening in Fulton County, Georgia, uh, about the prosecutor now who's in trouble because she was having sex with the guy that was working for her. And, and it just blew up. And, you know, do, it, do with this as you may. So the lines are back open again. Um, I, we talked a week ago or two weeks ago about tripwire wars, and now the U.S. launching strikes in Iraq and Syria because those three young GIs were killed. What were the young GIs doing there in the first place? Um, it, it, ski season is in full swing. I hope this week I can go. The snow is great. People talking about getting 20 more inches as we speak. What it means, it's time to visit Larson Ski and Sport and get all your new gear for the season. And you're ready to get out and have fun. Take it from me if you need any ski or snowboard gear, Larson Ski and Sport, whatever you wish. The guys at Larson's will take the time to get to know you, get to know your family, your kids and your grandkids, and match you with all the right brands so you can enjoy your time on the hill. Larson's is so convenient. You can stop on the way up the hill or stop on the way home. Seven days a week. So you're westbound on I-70. Get off on the Kipling exit. Come down the ramp. Make a left. Come back underneath I-70. Come out the other side. You see the crab shack right to your right. And then there's a big wooden building. Seven days a week. That's Larson Ski and Sport. It doesn't matter what you need. New goggles, new helmets, warm gloves, skis, boots, you know, poles, what, whatever. Um, John, Paul, Jack Larson, the guys at Larson's absolutely, Jack Marriott, excuse me, the guys at Larson's absolutely experts at everything you need for winter sports. There are friends, rent demos. Larson Ski and Sports, south of I-70 on Kipling. Larson Sport, L-A-R-S-O-N-P-O-R-T, 303-423-0654. Seven days a week, they're there now. Boom, boom, Saturday morning, everyone. Big snow in the city. 38 will be all we get. Tomorrow, Sunday. Starts to melt out at 42, but right now, boys, a blizzard going on out there. I'm Peter Boyles on a Saturday morning, February the 3rd. Lines are pretty much jammed up, but I want to bring on my daughter and, of course, Dr. McWhorter. Dr. McWhorter, I think, is in London. Hey, Jeff, are you, are you, you're overseas right now? I am. I was meeting with the Chelsea Football Club this week, so. I'm over here for another couple of days. How are you, Peter? You know, I'm good. Um, getting over the crud like everybody else is. My daughter, Shannon, she's here as well. She's also getting over the crud. So, and it's amazing. Every, everybody I know knows somebody that's got some, ling- or, they, or themselves got some lingering thing that just simply won't go away. But we're, the reason we're here is to talk about two things. But one is the hyperbaric chamber, Shannon. Uh, we've been out of the chambers for a couple of days because we don't want to make anybody else sick, but talk about it if you would, please. Uh, it's just been a total game changer for me. And I know for you, dad, it's been wonderful. Um, I can't wait to go back next week, um, when we're feeling better and it's helped me in every aspect of my life, um, from my energy to how I look, 
um, my healing. Um, I just can't thank the doctor enough, and um, we'll just turn it over to him. Yeah, hey, doctor, the oxygen therapy, and I I begin all the time to try to explain it to people, and it always seems to come out sideways. But it's anti-aging, it's post-surgical recovery, it's healing. Take a second, doctor, and give it an overview. I mean, it has a wide array of aspects of treatment benefits for a, a large number of diagnoses, but one of the biggest impacts is that it has an anti-aging effect on our cells. And so if you think about, uh, easy way to think about it is if you think about how well it felt when you were doing activities and whatnot in your early 20s versus maybe where we are in your current age, then you, you'd know that, that we have less inflammation and we have more energy throughout our day. We have better cellular function, better mu- muscle activation, and it works extremely well. But maybe more to the point of what you guys currently have dealing with is, uh, you know, as you're going through fighting the crud, as you say mm-hmm. over there, um, perhaps the uh, better service at the H-Bot Spa for if you're fighting against any kind of colds right now is our immunoboost IVs, which couple very well with hyperbaric oxygen therapy. But much to your point, if you can't get into the chamber because we're fighting something off, that's a great alternative as well. Yeah, I just don't want to make anybody else sick. You know, I've, yeah, that's, that, yeah, yeah. We don't want you in the chamber, no. but you can come in, wear a mask, get an IV, and boost your immune system to help you get back in the chamber even faster. That way, maybe, maybe, maybe so. we'll do that on Monday. I mean, I feel so much better today. Sure. But boy, that stuff is, I don't know, it's, I don't know what you even call it, and um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it'll knock, it knock, knock us both out. Shan, one more, uh, one more thing you'd like to say, um, and the phone number is three zero three. Three five three nine six two three three zero three three fifty three ninety six twenty three, and try it, please. Shanner, one more. Go ahead. Uh, just the the staff there is wonderful. They've become such good friends. They're so knowledgeable. They make sure you're comfortable. They check on you. And again, I just can't thank the doctor enough. This has been a complete blessing for both you and I, Dad, and a total game changer for my healing. So thank you again. Doctor, last comment, yours. Absolutely, guys. And, yeah, take me up on that. Give us a call on Monday if you're still feeling under the weather for an immuno boost. But other than that, we look forward to seeing you. Still running our January specials into the first week of February uh, as we got a couple of those gift cards still lingering around. So cool. give us a call anytime. It works, All you right? guys. It really works. Doctor, thank you. Shannon, see you a little bit. Uh, nasty weather outside. Three zero three six nine six nineteen seventy one. We go to Jay. Jay, you're on a radio show. Good morning. It's a Saturday. Good morning to you, sir. Morning. It's the it's the entrepreneurs and risk takers that have built the things that we enjoy, like the Wright brothers. Can you imagine pushing your own brother off a hill, like the Wright brothers did? You know, <laughs> it, it might go in, in theory. Or that guy, <laughs> the guy standing there and said, "It ain't going to fly, Wilbur." And he still goes. <laughs> yeah. And he still goes. No, you're right. You're right. And the first guy, that, the, the first guy when we went to the moon, can you imagine sitting in that rocket and they buckled you in? They're like, well, we ain't never done this before. Well, but uh, in, theor- in theory, you should be able to get there. We might be able to get you back to Earth. Remember, I mean, can remember, you imagine remember what? In that Alan Shepard. It's a true story. There's something called Alan Shepard's Prayer. And I, yeah, I, can't, and I, I don't know it. I can't do it on the air. But 
I got I never met Alan Shepard, but I'd read Tom Wolfe's book, The Right Stuff, and he wrote about Alan Shepard's prayer. Well, being lucky enough in the business to meet four or five of the first generation, I asked them all, was Alan Shepard's prayer real? And they said, absolutely. And the same thing with they made the joke about they were going they were going into space on contracts that were the lowest bids, <laughs> you know, like the government. No, you're right. I mean, somebody. It's the risk takers that build something. It's like that. It's like us as a farmer and ranchers, you know. I mean, <clears throat> it takes a lot of guts to go get on a bull. I mean, we all enjoy bull riding and that, 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 whatever have you. But to work with cattle, you know, I mean, all the time. I mean, sure. you can't, a cow does not understand English. You know, or whatever, you know what I mean? It doesn't, you can't have basic dialogue and then to jump on the back of those things like, mm-hmm. you know, we do. But bronc riding or whatever have you, sure. you know, but you're trying to tame something. But to go into, help me out with the terminology because I'm not good with that. You're going into, what do you, I would kind of say like the abyss. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you, and so, but we've learned a lot from the people that took risks, I guess is my overall point. Yeah, I mean, that's why history moves ahead. It's the dialectic. It's uh, what pulls us into tomorrow. Correct. And that's, you know, it's it's one of the the first people to say say it was Karl Marx, who said, you know, it was class struggle that pulls history forward. In many, many ways, he's right. Uh, but what, and what, you know, what brings technology forward, and and in most or not not in all cases, but in many cases, financial reward. In the same realm, I guess, but it's kind of a different realm because there's not there's not a health risk. I guess that's that's what changes that game. Well, yes in and no. Sense. I mean, yes and no. People that you know, risk, yeah. we were, we were talking. We've often talked about Jonas Salk, and when the vaccine came to protect children principally from polio and the first the first people that he that Jonas Salk used were his own children he was so sure and there was this legendary picture on the front page of the Pittsburgh press and he's inoculating his two kids and so yeah that brings up another that brings up another interesting history story about Coca-Cola. He actually used to have cocaine. Oh, absolutely. Because it, was, it started out as a medicine. Coca-Cola started sure, out, sure. It, back in them days, it started out as kind of a medicine. Well, have you ever you ever watched this? It's one of my favorite movies, Tombstone, where the Earps and she's she's addicted to laudanum. They all are carrying bottles of laudanum around with them. And, um yes. You know, or even who is it that goes to the, the opium den and comes out and then shoots the sheriff? Um, there are opium. I can't remember. Yeah, but he's it's Curly Bill. It's Curly Bill. But the um, Curly Bill Brocious, I think, is the guy who shoots the sheriff. But there, there were all of these things that existed, and we smartened up and said, you know, cigarettes, for instance, or you know, any number of things, and. You know, and and time marches on, and society norms change. And Absolutely. I, I was a ser- I was a heavy smoker when I was up until first part of my forties is when I quit smoking. But I smoked. 
My folks. I smoke my Marlboro Reds till this day. I'm 48 years yeah. old, and I mean, I, I smoke all the time, and I got asthma. Yeah, no. Everybody's like, how in the heck? How in the heck can you? How survive? smart are you? Yeah. How smart are you? Yeah. They're yeah. like, how smart are you? And how they they all wonder, how in the heck have you lived this long with having asthma and smoking all your life? It's you a, know, since I was whatever, hmm? 21 years old. Yeah. But I, I I got no answer for that. I guess hard oh, work hey, in my lungs. I keep my lungs. I'm outside uh, all the time on the farm. That's, I that, don't know. That's that's you're kind of whistling past the graveyard. It's none of my business, but you can make up all kinds of excuses. But just bottom well, line, you know, save yourself, man. Quit them damn things. You know. I know it. I understand. Yeah. I agree. I yeah. agree. Well, I mean, but it's well. Uh, I appreciate everything you do, and you you're ah. a very logical, level headed, common sense thinker, and well, that it does that's not very common anymore. Well, come read the email. Thanks, man. Be safe. Three zero three six nine six nineteen seventy one. So, we I wrote a column about um, the you know U.S. foreign policy, and then I, we talked last week on the show about the so called tripwire wars, and then we lose these three young GIs, reservists, and then. Here, Biden strikes in Iraq and Syria, and the Israeli-Hamas war rages in the Ukraine. I think to myself, "Here, do do here we go again." Steve, you're on a radio show. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, Doctor. Always nice to hear from you. Thank Two, you. Two uh, quick comments. Uh, first one is uh, 1978 in, in the middle of Illinois. I brought uh, Angela Davis to a university to speak. Wow. Uh, little town, and uh, she arrived, had her bodyguard, had dinner with her, you know, me and some others. Uh, did She didn't see another person of color in the entire time she was there. But that was a pretty good experience, and, and I obviously took a lot of grief from that. Uh, second comment is on Fannie Willis. Uh, people, you know, her assessment of her conduct and whatever, people are going to draw their own conclusions. But I don't see any way that that prejudiced Trump or the defendants. You know, it, it's one if if, this, if she want if her boss wants to fire, the voters want to fire. That's one thing. But the idea that this somehow prejudiced guilt or innocent in the case, I don't see where that's but, true. But that's the crack that they they want. It's the crack they need. Um, and you heard it on the radio show. It wasn't that Donald Trump had done anything wrong. It was her fault. And to me, that's the that's this game that's being played. I use the term the game that's being played. And between the emailing and the texting and then what people were saying on the air uh, that I should have known. I, I didn't know. I'm reading a book, and that's where I found out about her childhood and her mother and father. I didn't know that stuff. And I we had Jeffrey on just for that, you know, now what? And that was it. But... What's happened here, and it's happening, in, and this is why we earlier on talked about the, the the demise of talk radio, is everyone, you know, they see this opportunity, this crack that she's made an enormous mistake in hiring this guy and being her, his lover. And it's just, you know, it's it's not forgivable. It's like stupid. And But yeah. it, does it take away from... I mean, read the stuff that Giuliani did to those two women. Oh, oh it, uh, that's just awful. You well, know, the, uh, yeah, it, here's the thing. You, you know, MAGA will take this and beat her to death. Well, sure. And, and, you know, the optics are horrible, yeah. and she used bad judgment. 
but and then you know the mag mag is layered you know from every talk show to every podcast yeah. to every to fox and oan and all this and no there's no question she used bad judgment and, and there's different entities that uh you know can can address that but I don't think this is, should be a get-out-of-jail-free card for uh, Trump and his cohort. No, but that will be the attempt. When I, um, I'm mentioning i got all these different books I'm reading, and I read them in segments. And um, the, the, new, the new Nixon book, it's not a new Nixon book, it's new to me. And in, I'm past the part of Nixon and Joe McCarthy, but that was what, this is what McCarthy would do. They would, they would find some little thing. And eventually, within two or three weeks, that person's a communist. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know, remember, Joe McCarthy never put one person in jail, never just ruined people's lives. And so now they have the chance to jump her. Yes, and, if and she, they'll discredit her every yeah, which way. And I, I wish she would walk away. I wish she would go throw the towel in and, and walk away. But, you know, the, the, the whole grand jury operation that or the whole... RICO operation and hearing things like uh, Jenna Ellis and all that. Jenna Ellis was up to her up to her nose in what they were doing with Giuliani and the crack and then and she she he said she's trying to save her life. Yeah, probably. But that's what happens when you get RICO'd. Well look at Pal. I mean Pal has even when she's supposed to take a plea oh. and whatever, basically then starts denying it again. And I've, I've got that Isakoff book on on on, on my list it's here. Good read. But that you know, uh, Al's nuttier than a fruitcake. They all absolutely are. stone cold nuts. They all are. I mean, that's the point of it. Is when the phone call comes to Raffsenberger, find me these eleven thousand whatever number of votes, and he said I can't. You know, he wouldn't do it, and that's all it took. Was for, and now he's, you know, they've done everything they can. He had to move out of his family home with his wife on Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah, sending they, explicit they, sexual uh, threats to oh, his wife. I mean, all this stuff, and I'm thinking to myself, well, that's how the, I, you know, I caught a taste of it you know, with my close friend, now known as Professor John Eastman. But we will see. We will see what happens. But I don't know. I mean, it was it was a really interesting learning experience for me thinking that I realized I knew what I was doing, and I realized I, you know, I had no idea what was about to happen. You mean when you were standing standing no. on the right side of the election stuff? No, just right no, just right here this morning, like okay. having, having two people on to talk about the, the behavior of Leanne Wheeler, that it turns into, you know, she's a fill-in-the-blank whore and all this kind of stuff, and I'm going like, okay, not, not a word about the phone calls and the threats and what happened to Rapsenberger, what happened to all kinds of minor players and the people inside of in, inside of Fulton County, but the people just in Georgia. And, yeah. um, and and they they destroy lives and they think nothing of it. So much like the senator, you know, we can we, but the time has to come. I mean, history is inevitable. And I, I, I think the inevitable will come. I'm being told it's time to break. Thank you for Take the call. For, wow. You, All sir. right, everybody. One line's open, 303-696-1971. Big time snow outside on a Saturday. 38 will be the high. Sunday, 42. I'm Peter Boyles, 710 KNUS, 303-696-1971. Lines are jammed. 
Let's go to Mike on three. Hey, Mike, thank you. You waited. You're on the show. Hi, Peter. Uh, I thought I'd comment about uh, all the strikes and uh, all the turmoil that's now going on in the uh, the Middle East. Um, the uh, I, I guess I'm I'm really frustrated. Um, this we shouldn't be there. I don't think. I had no idea. I've been trying to catch up with what went on over there. And I had no idea. We, we may have as many as 3,500 oh, yeah. troops. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, uh, what really ticks me off the most is that, you know, all this stuff, these, I'll call this another one of these police actions that the presidents are allowed to do now. You know, we have a constitution that says we need to declare war. Yes. And, and we're everywhere stirring up things. And no wars, no declarations of war. And we keep allowing our presidents to get us into these things. Um, it's And these three people that got killed, you know, it just reminds me, you know, rich man's war, poor man's fight. Yeah, they were, they, um, they were reservists, um, all African-Americans. Um, why were they there? Yeah. And now I'm, I'm – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I heard that uh, – um, they were they're actually building some kind of a base they're engineering yeah, personnel yes. to provide logistic support for seal or uh, special forces mm-hmm. in syria they're actually in jordan as base i'm going what the frog is going on we've got you, people all over the world doing this stuff and you know notice i didn't vote for it no but notice the jordanians deny any involvement in this and you these bet. are you know our, our plucky little friends you know, the Hashemite kingdom of Jordan. Oh, we had nothing to do with this. Well, you, you know, and and you don't think those Iranians don't say, well, you let them in. And again, this idea of a tripwire war just keep yes. escalating, escalating. And eventually somebody, I thought when I saw this, but somebody's going to hit the big trip. And then, and it's, and believe me when I tell you, Joe Biden is not the right guy to be there. No, I believe you. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, but uh, it is just so this just continues on. I mean, you know, we've we've been this endless war stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we keep straying further and further from our Constitution. The president should not have these powers to continue to be able to do this. Uh, we as a country should be yelling louder about getting our troops out of all these places yes. get getting our fingers out of everybody else's face come you know, home. we got oh come home and stop this nonsense you know and clean up your own house and maybe set an example for the rest of the world before you go over there and tell them how to live well one of the most important things is to understand since 1945 the the rise of the multinational corporations where i talk about it too much but uh, and the troops go abroad and the multinationals go abroad and we get involved in I mean people don't want you in their country and th- no. you, what what Dick Cheney and Bush didn't understand th- those people were not fighting because they were involved in 9-11 the Iranians weren't fighting because they loved Saddam they just don't want you in their country any more than I ask everybody if you think an Islamic-inspired military would land in Delaware 
and start to spread across the country, how long before everybody you know on this side of the Rockies picked up a gun and started walking east? Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, and that's, that's, what, that's what we're watching. And they're not smart. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I, I interrupted you. I, I apologize. I uh, I just wanted to jump back a couple of weeks too. Um, you had those uh, Palestinian people, yeah. on. Um, and uh, at the one of the, the gentleman made a comment at the very last. I you know I was uh, oppositional to him, but neither here nor there. He made a comment at the very end of the show about foreign aid and how much we give oh. Israel. And and I he actually it hit a nerve with me. It's like we're we're sending aid to everybody. We're you know it just it just made me feel uh, we need to pull the aid back, quit the nonsense. Because when you give aid, you start involving yourself sure. in the middle of stuff. Most of that um, he's absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely some, right. It's called PL four eighty PL four eighty. Loans and they're generally they're they're U turns, um, you know, a hundred million dollars to fill in the blank. They take that hundred million and they spend it on buying D nine Caterpillar tractors or John Deere's or something. So the multinational Caterpillar makes tremendous money. It's taxpayer money. It's never to be repaid, and they're moving products. So they influence. They give money, and it's this. Um, it's a circle jerk, but I mean, it's been going on since the end of the Second World War. But if you read a history of foreign policy money, and then the United States goes into the Third World and finds these places, and they back generally these very corrupt individuals, Sigmund Rhee, you know, get on a list of people that get backed um, in Cuba, they back Batista, and we end up on a short end of the stick every time. And 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 it doesn't doesn't click clear through. But I this morning I loved it where the Jordanians say we got nothing to do with this. I was going. Well, do you think the Iranians think that? No, of course not. Of course they not. They know better than they know yeah. better than that. Yeah. And you know, and and, and I, I don't know. Everything now, when they talk about what's happening in that region, it's always about. They always preface everything with. Iranian backed, well, always. Iranian backed militia. The Iranian, they're they're after you know they're leading us yeah. to you're being had. mold our opinion to go after yeah. Iran. It, it stirred up even worse. Sure. Anyways, I, I'll, take care. I'll try to go pace for a while. Thanks, man. All right, everybody. We have another hour of open lines. Two lines are open. It's Saturday morning. It is snowing outside. February the third, twenty twenty four. Lou Gonzalez and I return. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.